The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. You are listening to an exclusive on PodHub Network. Your city, your podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Back to the Berg, presented by the PodHub Network. My guest today actually doesn't hail from the Berg, but he is a Pittsburgh Steelers superfan from Indianapolis, Indiana. Formerly a radio host in Indiana, he used his vocal talents to land himself a job with a company at the pinnacle of sports comedy with Barstool Sports. Please welcome my guest, Joey Molinaro. Joey, how you doing, man? Cody, what's happening, dude? Uh, glad to be here, man. Doing well. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for coming on. So basically, I, I don't know if you're familiar with the show at all, but we just get to know our guests and who they are. And you're the first guest that isn't from Pittsburgh because that's the whole scope of the show. Okay. But we had to talk to a Pittsburgh Steelers superfan. So tell us, what was it like growing up in Indiana? Because us Western PA people don't really know what that's like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's definitely a lot flatter uh, than <laughs> where you guys are. Uh, that's one of my favorite parts about going out to Pittsburgh for we usually make it out there once or twice a year um, is, is the the scenic views and the and the hills and the and the you know all that that you guys have out there um, so a lot flatter um, a lot more uh, basketball fans instead of hockey fans you know yeah. I feel like yeah, obviously you guys tend to uh, roll more with the NHL and with hockey and rightfully so and then here instead of that we focus more on basketball uh, but we have a shared love of the NFL uh, I will say that Pittsburgh people and fans are, are much uh, bigger fans of, of football and the NFL, real fans, uh, <laughs> compared to a lot of the people who I grew up with out here. Um, so a little bit of you know, differences, but there's some similarities in there too. So like, was there a place where you and your friends would go and hang out and like that was the spot? Ooh, no, I think I... – I think Pittsburgh is different in that way too. Um, we didn't, you know, I, I was just a Catholic school kid growing up. So, you know, whoever's, whoever had the basement, you know, whoever's parents yeah. weren't the most strict, uh, that's where we usually end up. Um, you know, and then once we got to college and everything, that changed a little bit. Once we could, could start going to different bars and everything, then we kind of, yeah. you know, our more regular hangouts, but growing up, no, it was just, like I said, whoever uh, whoever's parents went to bed the earliest and who didn't care if we snuck out and, uh, you know, whoever had the basement, so. So you mentioned the bars. What's your favorite bar to go to back in Indianapolis? It changes a lot. Um, we have this really cool place called the Rathskeller. Okay. Uh, it's like a, it's a, it's a German, um, it's like a mix of like a, uh, like a lot of weddings happen there. A lot of like wedding receptions happen there and they have, you know, a restaurant, but they also have um, a pub area. And then they have this really big courtyard outside in the back, uh, like a beer garden. It really yeah, yeah. a beer garden. And um, that, that's a really popping place in Indy. Uh, so right now that'd probably be my favorite spot. It's, it's, uh, you know, when the weather, especially is like this and then over the summer being outside in that beer garden is just a ton of fun. Awesome. So, like, back to growing up, were you an athlete growing up? Did you play a lot of sports? 
I did. Yeah. Sports, sports ran my life uh, really when I was a kid in terms of, you know, uh, I played CYO football and basketball and I played a lot of travel baseball. So I was going around the country, going around the Midwest, you know, playing baseball during the spring and summer and in the fall and the winter, like I said, I'd play, you know, football for my CYO school and then basketball as well. Um, so yeah, man, I mean, I was, when I wasn't watching sports and rooting for my teams, I was, you know, I was active and I was playing them for sure. Yeah. So you mentioned travel baseball. Did you ever cross paths with anybody that made it into the major leagues or even the minor leagues? Yeah. Um, my, well, there's a kid who went to the same, grew up, uh, he's, let's see, I want to say he's like six years younger than I am, but um, he went to the same high school that I did, and he got drafted in the first round by the Tampa Bay Rays two years ago. Okay. Uh, Nick Schnell, you may have seen that name, and I don't know how much you follow baseball, but uh, yeah, he got drafted in the first round by them, and then um, a guy that I grew up playing against, I didn't like grow up with him, but he went to our rival school here. Yeah. He got drafted uh, by the Marlins, I believe. Uh, his name is Dylan Peters. He's, I think he's a relief pitcher or starter for them right now. Um, but other than that, I'm trying to think. No one else really that I grew up with or was really tight with. Gotcha. Yeah, no, it's just like it's cool to look back and be like, wow, like I played with that kid, you know? Yeah, um, I played with Nick. I played with um, his his older brother. So I knew him. He was a little kid, you know, coming to yeah. our games when I was playing with him in high school. And then Nick, you know, he sprouts up and he's a stud center fielder. And, he, you know, he, he bats lefty and he's just got the whole package. <laughs> he's perfect. You know? Yeah, <laughs> right. So he's just, you know, he, he, he's honestly, I'd say somebody you're probably familiar with, uh, Austin Meadows. Yeah, um, yeah. He, I'd say that's a pretty good comp for him. Um, you know, athletic, bigger guy from the left side of the plate, you know, fast. So that that's who Nick Schnell would, would kind of remind me of. But, uh, yeah, yeah, that, 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 that's about it. Gotcha. So growing up, did you see yourself as becoming like an entertainer or a broadcaster? Is that in your mind as a young, like when you were growing up, like as a teenager? Yeah, definitely. Um, when I realized when I was like 12 or 13 years old that I wasn't going to, you know, play center field for the Chicago Cubs one day, <laughs> um, you know, or, or go to Notre Dame to play football, like uh, then my mind immediately turned to, um, you know, being in the media, being on the radio. Uh, you know, David Letterman is, is from Indianapolis. Um, and so that was always a big thing for me is what was like, well, if he could do it, then then that's, you know, an opportunity yeah. or a pathway of somebody who's like me from where I'm from uh, can make it as well. So I always looked at that and he always said that, you know, he always got C's and D's and like math and science, which I usually got like C's or like, you know, low B's. It was never my strong suit, yeah. but he was always really good in his speech class and I was the same way. And so I was always kind of like, okay, well that seems to be you know more of my natural ability more of you know something that I'm you know I'm better at uh don't see myself becoming an accountant or a doctor or anything like that nor nor did I want to not that there's anything wrong with that we definitely need plenty of those and those people are yeah. very smart and, and good at what they do um but for me I always looked at somebody again like David Letterman or like um Jimmy Fallon or or uh you know, different people like that. It's like, okay, if you can find a way to be able to interview people and, you know, kind of speak for your living and entertain, that's, that's kind of the pinnacle. So that, that's always what I wanted to do since I was, you know, 13, 14 years old. That's awesome. So 
I want to know you, your friend, Ben, you guys yeah. do a lot of stuff together, a lot of content. When yeah. did you guys meet up? Cause it seems like you have really good chemistry. It seems like you guys might've even grown up together. Is that true or not? That is, you hit the nail on the head, man. Um, I've known Ben, I've known of Ben since I was probably like eight years old. Oh, wow. That's um, awesome. Yeah. We went to the same, he's three years older than me. Okay. Um, so we grew up going to the same Catholic grade school in the South side of Indianapolis. And then we went to the same high school and the same college for a little bit. And, and, you know, some of my best friends, their older brothers ran with Ben and then just people that I knew who are a little bit older than me ran with Ben. And so we always kind of had like a little, you know, a big brother, little brother type relationship, um, you know, where he would kind of give me a hard time and you know he played football I played football and but we always kind of like had that respect for each other he was always like I like that Joey kid and I always looked up to him and then uh once we got into the professional world we both knew that we were both kind of working part-time just to scrape in for any hours that we could get uh at the at a radio station here in Indy and I kind of just approached him and was like hey man you know we've known each other forever we know we want to do this kind of stuff um, we know we want to make people laugh when we try to team up and do it together. And so from that point on late 2016, early 2017, uh, he was like, yeah, let's do it. And so from that point on, we've just been trying to make as much as we can, you know, collabing on videos together, doing skits together. Uh, we hosted a podcast together for two years, you know, before I had to uh, bounce to go to Barstool and everything, which he still hosts. Um, it's called Espresso. Uh, so yeah, man, I've known him for a long time. We still talk on a daily basis and, and try to collab as much as we can. That's really awesome. Cause yeah. I, I, uh, I interviewed, um, John Burkett. I don't know if you know who that is. He's a famous baseball player, but he also had like, I, I had his best friend from childhood on and it's like, he, they're all, they're in their fifties and they've been friends since they were like eight years old. So oh, I always wow. find it fascinating when people are able to keep those connections for so long. Yeah, that's that's um, that's very much what I grew up with. The seven of the eight guys. Let's see. Yeah, no. I'm trying to think, I had. Rye, how many people do we have in our wedding party? Seven. Eight. Anyways, seven, <laughs> seven or all eight of the groomsmen that were uh, you know, up there with me on my wedding day, uh, I had known since I was eight or nine years old. Wow. Uh, you know, I think four or five of them, we were in the same fourth grade class together. So uh, that, that's how I grew up. That's the community that I grew up around. Very, you know, tight knit. Everybody knows each other and everybody stays friends, luckily, for a really long time. Yeah, it's really awesome. So let's start talking about college. I saw I, <laughs> I looked up your LinkedIn. There's not much on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, that's good Lord. I don't even but that's how I found out where you went to college. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think I made like three of them because I would forget my password <laughs> for each one. And then I'll, I don't even know. But yeah, I probably need to look into that. <laughs> so I, I looked at it. You went to Ball State. Did you go in as a, like a communications broadcasting major? I did. And that, that just shows you how many different ones I had because I went to Ball State my freshman year and then I transferred from there after. Oh, okay. I don't know if you're going to get to that or not. I may have spilled that, but. <laughs> no, I, did, I only saw the one. <laughs> yeah. So I went to Ball State for my freshman year. And yes, I, uh, again, I, I went there because of the David Letterman program and building that they have there in communications. And, um, you know, it, it uh, I, I got to be on the radio and, and host my own show my first semester in college, which was just like, 
you know, the most amazing thing ever for, for me. Uh, so I did that. And then in the, uh, second, yeah, after my, fir- my freshman year, I, I, I bounced back to Indy. Okay. Um, so let's talk about college radio because mm-hmm. I'm fascinated by it. I, I did it and I have friends who are also fascinated by it, mm-hmm. but like what you said, you got to do it your first semester. What was that like? Just being like the new guy on campus and then they just threw you in front of a mic. What was it like? Uh, yeah, it was very intimidating because, you know, obviously you go into Ball State and it's a program and a school that's really known for their communications and putting out broadcasters and sports announcers. And, and so, you know, I walk in there and, and there's these upperclassmen that have been doing it. And there's these other kids from different schools who had high school programs that I didn't. And so I was like, oh, man, this is, you know, this is going to be tough. This is wild. Uh, we actually had auditions um, to where you had to go in, pitch your show name, then you had to do like a five or ten minute like monologue or like kind of like rant that you would do during your sports talk radio show. Um, and that was wild because I was, again, I, I had never done anything like that before. I had done like some color commentating for my high school sports radio broadcast but that was it um so it was very intimidating but I you know I had confidence because again I knew I wanted to do something like that and uh luckily enough you know they I think they kind of gave me a break and and you know threw me an hour on Thursday nights from seven to eight uh in the first semester on my own and it was it was it was my show and I learned a lot got some reps you know but um it was it was it was very intimidating so did you start out mainly just talking about sports? Was there no like com- comedy to it? Like you later brought into it? Yeah, no, the, the comedy aspect of all this definitely came about later on at that point. It was like, well, I want to, you know, I want to be like a Colin Cowherd or like a Max Kellerman or, you know, Stephen A. Smith or whatever. I just want to like be a personality and yeah. watch sports and talk about sports and, um, because I hadn't really been open up to a whole lot else. I, I always enjoyed kind of like making people laugh and doing different things like that in high school, but I, that just wasn't as much of like a, a realistic path in my mind at that time. Um, so it was, yeah, it was straight up just sports. That's awesome. So you're looking, you were looking kind of more stable than like dreams. Yeah. Just because like, I mean, I, I've said before, you know, growing up, especially where I grew up and the schools that I went to, you know, there's, there's different programs and pathways you see to be, you know, a police officer or a nurse or a teacher or a doctor or a, an accountant or any of these things. But there's not any just straight pathway to like becoming like David Letterman. You know, that's yeah. just not, that's just not a real thing. Um, it wasn't a real thing then. It still kind of isn't, isn't now. And um so I just had no idea how to go about that. So I was like, oh, my closest way of trying to maybe start going down that path is, you know, like Letterman, he went to Ball State and then he came back and worked on the radio and worked as a weatherman uh, in Indianapolis, you know, for a yeah. local TV station. So it's like, okay, well, if I can get the opportunity to do something like that and then maybe, you know, use my personality to tell jokes or do whatever it is, then, you know, maybe I'll be on to something. So that, that was the thought process behind the whole thing. Cool. So that said, what was your first job out of college? Was Did you go straight into radio or did you have to work your way up into radio? Yeah. So I, when I transferred back to uh, University of Indianapolis for my sophomore year, um, I started getting little opportunities here and there. 
Um, and, and, and then my junior year is when I started working part-time at um, our cluster of radio stations in downtown Indy uh, just once a week. Uh, I would do like the seven to midnight shift or the midnight to 6 a.m. shift, just watching the board, blah, 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 blah. But it was like, hey, it was a foot in the door and it was extra money on the side. So it was, you know, it was great. Um, so I started doing that my junior, August of my junior year. And then from that point on, I just, yeah, like I worked my way up. I started being able to do like scoreboard updates on the air and overnight shifts to where I could, you know, get, get my voice on the radio. And then, I mean, just different, whatever they threw, you know, producing Butler basketball games and producing the Colts pregame show and postgame show and just any of that kind of stuff. Um, anything, anything they threw at me. And then eventually in like 2017, I started doing digital work for those radio stations, you know, managing the website and, and the social media pages and YouTube and, you know, different, doing different content like that. Uh, and uh, I, I had been doing that ever since. That's awesome. So working in Indiana radio, did you ever cross paths with uh, Pat McAfee? I did. Yeah. Uh, that's actually how I met my wife. Oh, uh, yeah, we um, McAfee retired uh, February of 2017. He started what was Barstool Indy, what became Barstool Heartland. Uh, we were both interns for him that summer. Um, met her there. We got married two years later. Uh, but yeah, so I worked. I spent a summer working for Pat. Um, still keeping in contact with Pat uh, today. That's awesome. I remember because mm -hmm. <laughs> like. It was my dream to work for Barstool. It still is. But I remember seeing, like, their videos come out for the interview process. And it was, like, the day after that they did it. And I was like, how did I not hear about this? Like, I was like, I would have packed up my car. Like, I was going to school in West Virginia at the time. Yeah. I was like, I would have packed up my car. I would have drove overnight and gotten there if I would have known about this. Right. So I'm highly jealous of that experience. <laughs> yeah. And he still has, uh, you know, um, I mean – Foxy and Connor Campbell and Zito and Schmidt, all those guys were, you know, interns with us. So, you know. yeah, yeah. They all do great work too. I, I keep up with PMI as much as I can. Yeah, for sure. Good dudes. So, you ended up getting a job like being a radio host and you started doing your Andrew Luck impression, which you said went regionally viral. Yeah. Um, whenever that happened, was it like, oh, this is a cool gag to do on radio? Or were you like, let's take advantage of this and see where we can take it? Yeah, it was just something else that like, again, it was just how do you make yourself stand out from other people trying to do the same thing as you? So that, you know, that's something that uh, gained me a little notoriety around here in terms of, um, you know, the cold started to take notice and then the um, different, you know, TV, local TV people, instead of just like not knowing who the hell I was at Colts training camp, they were like, Oh, Andrew, Joey, you're, you know what I mean? Putting that together. Um, so it was just, again, it was like, okay, this is something that I could do. And then he retired and then that all, you know, kind of went to shit, even though I still do it every now and then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you started doing that. And then what, when did you start doing, um, like the coach O, Nick Saban, Dabo Sweeney, like, when did you think, okay, let's let's venture out and do some more to try and get more eyes on your career? Yeah, I mean, luck retiring, it was, you know, at the time, it really, really sucked for a lot of reasons, but it ended up helping me because, um, you know, I had to I had to find different people to try. 
Um, so from that point, you know, Coach O took off with LSU and they were doing so well. I could do him pretty well. And so that worked out. And then Saban, I just like gave that a shot. And around Thanksgiving time last year, boom, you know, it took off. And then so then all of a sudden I started having, you know, those two. I'm doing Bobby Boucher and I still work luck every now and then. And then, you know, Mike Golick Jr. And, you know, just anybody who I could, you know, think that I could do, you know, and, and try out. And I did. Yeah. So explain how that got picked up by Barstool. How did that process go? Who noticed you first? Who got in contact with you? What was that experience all like? Yeah, um, it was it was interesting because, you know, little by little, like, you know, pardon my take would retweet my stuff or, or Hank would retweet my stuff or uh, Barstool would ask to use it, you know, like a few other outlets were asking. And it was like, OK, this is this is starting to pick up a little bit. And then uh, January or February of let's see, no, February of this year of 2020, um, the combine was in Indy like it is every year. And uh, part of my take, guys, they, they come to Indy for that every year. So me being a fan and knowing that, I hit up Hank and was like, hey, man, you know, I know you're going to be, I know you guys are going to be in Indy. Would love to link up and do something. Um, and he's like, yeah, for sure. And then Big Cat uh, followed me and messaged me and was like, uh, hey, man, I don't know, uh, you know, what your day-to-day is like. Uh, me and Dave have been talking about you, blah, blah, blah. Would love to meet up and chat when we're in Indy. I was like, hell yeah, this is great. This is crazy. Um, so from there, when they came to Indy, I met up with them. And me and Big Cat and PFT did some videos together and uh hung out for a couple hours and then big cat got my information and and sent it over to dave and then um you know later that night i was having a conversation on the phone with dave and uh going from there that's awesome that's really cool yeah so we've talked about your career where how you've gotten here Mm -hmm. let's talk about your fandom yeah how did you become a steelers fan being all the way in indiana yeah, well, I mean, I tell people all the time, um, you know, they they don't call it Steelers Nation for nothing. You know, it, it really is a, a nation. It is um, everywhere. Uh, not only that, but um, my dad was, in, um, you know, was a kid growing up watching football in the 70s, and he was in Indy, and the Colts didn't come till, to Indianapolis until 1984. Yeah. My dad had 13 or 14 years of – watching pro football in the time where the Steelers were dominating it the most, um, where he latched on and became a Steelers fan. So by the time that the Colts got here, my dad was, you know, 15 or 16 and he, his loyalties were already there. You know, he wasn't going to switch over to the Colts. He's already a Steelers fan. Uh, plus the Colts were just got awful for a really long time. Um, so from that point, you know, I mean, he, he, he passed it down to me and my sister and, uh, you know, now my sister's husband and my wife even gets on board and my mom is a huge fan. Uh, so it's a very, it's a very big thing in our family. Awesome. So you mentioned before that you take a lot of trips to Pittsburgh. What, what's your favorite thing to do in Pittsburgh other than go to a Steeler game? Yeah, uh, I love going down, um, to the little uh is it strip district yeah, yeah I, I love going down there where the original permanis is and all those little shops and and street markets and everything are that's kind of like our routine we'll usually get there on a friday night have dinner hang out go to sleep 
and then in the morning on Saturday, you know, the day before the game, obviously, then we'll spend most of Saturday going down to those shops, rocking our Steelers gear, buying more Steelers stuff, going to lunch at Permanis, watching some college ball, um, you know, and then we'll kind of work our way uh, either, you know, back closer to Heinz, you know, maybe, um, you know, we went to uh, Tequila Cowboy, you know, last time. Oh, yeah, I love yeah. Tequila Cowboy. Yeah, Tequila Cowboy is great. I was looking for Todd Haley, didn't see him. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so we usually go, we'll start there, and then we'll end up our way back towards Heinz uh, Field before we call it a night and then get ready for game day. Awesome, awesome. So what is your favorite Steelers moment in history? Both one that you've witnessed and one just in general. Yeah, I mean, it's tough in general to look past the immaculate reception. I mean, it's just such a – it's such an iconic moment in football history and NFL history. You know, I mean, um, it, that's that's tough to beat. But the one that I've witnessed, uh, I mean, it, the, the San Antonio Holmes touchdown catch is, is definitely – one or one a but man the the james harrison um interception pick six in super bowl 43 that was just such a exhilarating moment i just remember because you're thinking oh man like they're about to take the lead here before half this is this is not good we've been dominating this game and all of a sudden the cardinals are going to have the lead uh and then boom you know, just, out, of, out of nowhere. Yeah. I mean, even you, you could feel it while you're watching it, you know, the momentum switch. And then not only does he pick it off, but he scores. Uh, so I just remember going into half and just feeling really, you know, the Molinero house felt really good. Everybody was just like, okay, you know, we've gotten where we want them. We've got, it, we extended the lead now. Like this is, this is good. And also like, what a play. That's insane. Um, so those three in my mind really are some that stick out to me. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. um, so I had another question. I lost it. Shit. All good. Uh, yeah. Oh, let's talk about the Steelers now. Like, there's yeah. so much hype around the Steelers this sure. season. When this comes out, we'll be, I think, four, maybe five weeks into the season. But right now, after week two, what are your thoughts on the team? Do you think we're, we're, on, we're good to go, like nobody can stop us? Or do you think there's some things that we can work on? Well, I think it's nice that – you know, after especially after the last couple of years, starting the season two and zero, you know, haven't haven't had that happen since 2017. Obviously, 2018 and 2019 were not the most ideal starts to the season. So just kind of having everything be quiet and okay for a while, uh, you know, just starting two and zero. It may not have looked that pretty against the Broncos in the second half, but hey, you're two and zero. There's no drama going on right now, like. Uh, so that's been that's been really nice because the past two years, obviously, Ben's out and we're 0-2, 0-3, 0-4. my God, we're terrible. This is going to be a first pick. You know, 2018, we tied the Browns. Holy cow, 0-1-1. Like, all this nonsense going on. Right now, we're just, like, staying, maintained at a nice level. Um, and I think what's good, too, is that you're 2-0, but there's still just a lot of a lot of meat left on the bone, a lot of, a lot of improvement to make. Uh, both, I think, on the offensive side of the ball and the defensive side of the ball. You know, there we're pressuring the quarterback a lot, um, which is good and we'll keep doing. But, you know, still too many third-down conversions in my mind, still too many penalties on the defensive side. Uh, offense, still too many sputtering drives where, you know, 
you'll they'll on first and 10 we'll go back four or five yards or you know Deontay Johnson will fumble yeah I mean like there's there's still too many things to clean up on the offensive side too and and Ben's still shaking off the rust a little bit I think which is nice after week two he's thrown five touchdowns and one interception and has looked really good and healthy thus far so uh, I, I say you know I think that we're on the right path we're, we're heading the right direction um, but if you can clean up those things on both sides then uh, you know we're going to be a force to be reckoned with yeah I think the biggest thing that the team needs to work on or offensively what we should be doing is we need to take the cap off the offense I think I think we're still doing a lot of dink and dunk passes like we were with our two backups last year. But it's like we have Big Ben back there. We have a future Hall of Famer throwing the ball. Shouldn't we be throwing the ball downfield? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I agree with that. And 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 to that point as well, uh, pick up the, the, the tempo a little bit. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I wouldn't mind. I don't know why we're always feeling like we have to come out to start a game, you know, going in the huddle and having two tight ends and – and, you know, doing these long developing run plays, you know, at some point I'd like to just say, you know what, we're going to come out and we're going to be rolling and we're not going to wait until late in the second half or, or, you know, when we have to pick things up again, we're going to come out and let big Ben do what he does and spread the ball around and go up tempo and, and put the defense on their heels. Uh, so I'd like to see that too. Yeah. Now let's make some way too early predictions. Um, who do you think is going to be the Steelers team MVP? Big Ben. You think? Yeah. I, I, I think uh, especially, you know, after last year and then, you know, pray to God that he can stay healthy through the regular season. I mean, uh, I you've already seen time and time again in the first two games how valuable he is to this team and the difference he makes uh, with him being on the field as compared to even though Duck's my friend and I, I don't know Mason, but, you know, you know, compared to those two guys, yeah, you, you can see it already. So I think that if he's hopefully, again, healthy healthy for all 16 games, there's not going to be a doubt that anybody can say he's our most valuable player. Awesome. So uh, before we get out of here, I know you're a Cubs fan. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any advice for Pirates fans who are dealing with a similar situation of not winning for a very long time? How do you cope with it? Because I've tried so many things. And I think I've just – I don't know. I just don't know where I'm at right now with the Pirates. Yeah, man. That's um, – it's tough because, you know, when the Cubs were – I've been lucky, really, as a Cubs fan in my lifetime. I mean, you know, I'm born in 1993. So, when I'm five years old, Sammy Sosa's in the, in the home run race and they're in the wild card. Um, you know, so that's fun to watch. And then – 2003, obviously, they make their run to the NLCS. Um, Then you go to 2007, 2008, back-to-back division champions, even though they didn't do anything in the playoffs. Still, it's like they're winning the division, going to the playoffs. Um, So I've been really lucky, you know, and and then you had the really down times, uh, you know, oh, you know, 2010 to uh, 2013 was really, really bad. 2014, you was like, okay, there's, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Anyways, what I'm saying is I've been lucky because in those really down times for Cubs fans, at least in my lifetime, there was always like, okay, there's a plan. Like we're, we're being really bad and we're, we're clearing our, we're clearing house to build this farm system for a reason. And like in a couple of years, watch out. And like Theo's there and like, he's got a plan and, and it came to fruition, right? Like, 
2015 magical 2016 obviously the best year ever 2017 back to the nlcs like it it, it happens so i don't really know for pirates fans because i'm not familiar enough to know like what's going on with the leadership what's going yeah, on yeah i mean office. i just i had to laugh whenever you said there was a plan because yeah be, it must be nice to have a plan and that's <laughs> you know with following as many pittsburgh people that i do obviously i see a lot of you know buckos fans and everything and that's kind of the consensus i felt is like nobody knows what the hell's going on yeah so i don't really have any good advice because like i said like my lifetime and my team baseball has been bad it's like well, we're being bad for a reason and we're going to be good eventually but i i just don't know what the pirates yeah it's you know it's hard <laughs> I, yeah i mean i guess you just like you, you rely on that you have like really super cool uniforms and your ballpark is phenomenal and you know we're gonna keep riding with them and because we, we got a pretty good setup here with those two things and then once they're good it's like all right this is great so yeah uh, it was listen i i had the best year of baseball whenever we went to the nl wild card and the cueto pitch and russell sure, martin taking sure, them yard yeah. that was a so great that's, those are my pittsburgh pirates memories that are positive and that's all i have so yeah and what's interesting too i guess i have to apologize a little bit because you know the indian indianapolis indians they're your guys's they're your guys's farm team uh, they are so obviously they're not turning over too great a talent there i don't know yeah and that's the thing is i sorry to get into pirates talking to your cubs fan but <laughs> what's what's frustrating is our minor league teams they actually win a lot of championships they do well but it's like once they go to the major leagues, it's like I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, I don't know, man. That's that's tough. And I guess you can just fall back on that. You know, the Steelers are looking good, and and the exactly. Penguins, the Penguins always seem to be in the mix of things. So there you go. Exactly. Well, Joey, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate you taking some time out of your day to come on, and best of luck to you, man. No problem, Cody. Always uh, always down to talk some Steelers and hang, and uh, appreciate you reaching out. We'll talk soon, buddy. Finding the right person for the job isn't easy. Just ask someone who hired their personal trainer as a caterer. All right, folks, let's keep this line moving. You there with the tongs. Picking up one Duchess potato at a time will not cut it at my catering table. Drop and give me 50. But if you've got an insurance question, you can always count on your local GEICO agent. They can bundle your policies, which could save you hundreds. Okay, this is what we call the wild mushroom and asparagus dip, dip, and press. Come on, let's get those plates above your heads. For expert help with all your insurance needs, visit geico.com slash local today.